Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome, 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 welcome back to Mariner's Pod. Thanks again for being here as the Mariners embark on the road. A nine-game road trip, three this weekend in Texas. We'll touch on that in a little bit. This is going to be a fun Mariners pod. I think you'll enjoy it. Harry Ford is going to be here. He's had a really nice season in Modesto. So we check in with the young Mariners catcher to see how things are going. Also, Brandon Gustafson from our flagship station will be here. SeattleSports.com. Really interesting conversation, too, especially if you're not fully aware of what the playoff format looks like this year. It's a little different. And, of course, with the Mariners in the thick of this chase, it's something to certainly be aware of as we head down the stretch. So that fun conversation coming up. Three games against Texas this weekend. Uh, the Rangers actually rolling out a bullpen start tonight. George Kirby will get the ball. Dane Dunning in game two. Marco Gonzalez will go on Saturday. And then Sunday, Martin Perez against Logan Gilbert. And then Monday, uh, we won't talk about that until Monday, but Shohei Otani against Luis Castillo, as apparently Luis Castillo will only be matched up against aces in the American League. So that's going to happen on Monday. So some fun baseball coming up uh, against the Rangers this weekend. We'll talk about it coming up on Monday. In the meantime, let's hear from Harry Ford. The season has been a huge learning experience, if anything, for me. Mm. Um, I'd say at the start, the first half was definitely, it was a weird time, like, like being away from home and trying just trying to figure out how to just live on my own and all those little things that go into being a professional baseball player. So it was very stressful, honestly, but as, as time has gone on and I've gotten used to things and, and, and really figured things out, it's, it's been a blast, honestly. Yeah, it's the part that we never see, right? Because we see the baseball yeah. part. You become a professional, but there is so much else that's thrown at you for the very first time. A hundred percent, yeah. It's a lot of stuff you never even, even oh, for me, I never even thought about, you know, just like having to worry about like like spending money and, and keeping the fridge, keeping the fridge, not letting the, the food getting spoiled and like, even a clean apartment, all the little stuff. I just never thought about, well, I guess, growing up and stuff like that. But it's, it's been a lot of learning, for, for real. What's been the most challenging part on the field so far? Probably just, like, believing in myself, I guess, like the confidence part. Because, I don't know, it, it was pretty tough coming in, coming into to the team with a bunch of older dudes. I've, I've never played with guys that are, like, 23, 24 before, you know, and then, 
and then but supposed to and I'm supposed to be like the leader and like the the big first rounder and all that. So it's it's that's, that was definitely the biggest challenge for me was like trying to find my feet, like find my my place, and just feeling comfortable with everybody and knowing that you know who I am and knowing that I that I that was, that I'm here for a reason and just you know playing with a chip on my shoulder, you know. So what's been the best part for you on the field so far? What have you enjoyed the most? Probably just the, like the relationships that I've made with the guys. I don't know. It's a lot different when you're just playing with guys that you don't know and, you, and like you just you just met and you're just, you're trying to feel comfortable and everything. But like now, I don't know. We I don't know how many games we've played, a million. But like being with the same guys for since since early February, it feels like you know it's really bonded, really brothers. And like I trust I trust everyone. I trust the guys to make the plays, and they trust me. And like we all have a really good relationship. So it's it's awesome being able to play with that. You allude to a million games. How does your body feel at this point, given how many games you've played midway through July here? It's, it's got to be something to get used to. Oh, my body feels amazing. Nice. Yeah, I mean, it ain't, I, mean I feel like uh, I know I, I've, I've been staying on top of trying to keep my, keep my body straight and, you know, because it, it definitely is a factor of the game how many how many days a, a week we play and not for however, however many months. And I don't want that to be it affecting me, especially me as a catcher. You know, I'm always I'm got to do more more work than most anyone, and so that keeping my body right and keeping my body where it needs to be has been a major focus for me. And I think I've been doing a good job with that, so I'm feeling great. As a catcher, what have you feel like you've learned this year? How much actually goes into being a catcher, like the leadership and being able to control a pitching staff and. You know, just learning learning the ins and outs of pitchers because there's so much more than just catching the ball and throwing it back. You know, I got to be the guy that they trust and the guy that that leads them and 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 you know, all the little things people never really think of and I I really never even thought of. So it's it's definitely been a, a whole new aspect of the game has been open opened up to me and it's I'm learning every day. Looks like you have some pretty fun guys to catch too. Some pretty oh, wicked yeah. stuff you see down there. Yeah, we got we got a bunch of dudes. We got, I mean, Joseph Fernandez throws about like 30 inches of horizontal break on his on his slider. We got, you know, Mike Morales, all those dudes. I mean, they're all really fun to catch every day. I know your dad was recently there for a visit. What did it mean to you to have your dad there? Yeah, he was he was here for a week, the week of Father's Day. Oh, so cool. He, he flew in from he flew in from England, and he he watched. That was uh. Was, was it the first? I don't. Um, no, it wasn't the first time he saw me professionally. He saw me play in AZL, but that was the first time he seen me play in front of fans. So it was, it was cool. What was that like to have your dad there? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, like it, it felt like uh, the game felt so much easier, and I felt like just so comfortable playing. And I had I, had, I got four hits while he was there too. It's just like he's my dad's always been to like every single game of mine like all through my life. So whenever he's there, it just, it feels easy. Mm. For those that don't know, uh, talk about your journey as a kid in baseball and how it all started. Um, I've, I've been playing baseball since I was about three, four years old. It's always been my passion and my love. I mean, my, my, I remember my dad, my dad being from England, he's, they're, they're big soccer players. So I, I grew up playing soccer too. 
and he gave me the choice when I was eight, like whether I wanted to play soccer and baseball, but I went straight for baseball, no turning back. And I've all being a professional baseball player, it's been my dream since day one. And now being here now, I mean, honestly, every day I step on field and I see, and just being at professional stadiums every day and watching a professional game every day, it's like, it's still just a dream come true. And I, I don't take it for granted a single second, man. Yeah, just baseball is just like my life, my blood, my everything, man. So your your dad was a soccer guy. Was he a cricket guy as well? Did he? Did you ever? Yes, he was. Did, did you have, have you ever played cricket? <laughs> I haven't played cricket. I I have been to a cricket game though. Really? And it, it, they're actually it's very it's very interesting. The balls the balls are, are they're like wood. Like they're way harder than a baseball. If you got hit with if you got hit with a, a cricket ball, you would you might break a ball or something. They use their bare hands to try and catch it. Yeah, they do. And my dad, my dad always tells me I'm a, I'm like a wuss for using a glove. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just cast ninety nine by my hand. <laughs> and don't they go for days? Cricket matches? They, some games do. Yeah, some games. It depends on the style of the game, but some of them can be six days, four days, one day. They, they, you, you're not missing much if you go if you go to a cricket game. You're gonna be there for a while. Wow. Okay. So are you a soccer fan? Do you have a Premier League team? Uh yeah, I mean my dad's my my dad's been an Arsenal fan his whole life, so I kinda I kinda took that in too. But I really like PSG is my team. That's I I like them because I, I always play with them on FIFA. So ah. not really I'm 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 not I'm not a, I'm not like a huge soccer fan, but like I, I, I like watching soccer, yeah. Uh, Dan Wilson, Mariners Hall of Famer, former catcher, and he mm-hmm. was I know down at Modesto recently. Uh, have you had a chance to talk yeah. much to Dan and kind of bend his ear a little bit about catching? Yeah, he was with us every day in spring training. He came out here a couple of weeks ago for the week when we were in Fresno, and I've got uh, he's he's helped he's helped me a lot with with catching and just like keeping my keeping my head on straight. And I've also just learned a lot from him about like his experience through it all. Mm. Who else has kind of helped during the course of this season? Oh, I mean, all my coaches, like, they, I mean, they help me every day, every single day. Like, Ryan Scott, Michael uh, Francoso, Nathan Bannister, he just, he just left. He, he got a new job at the at, uh, GCU. Congrats to him. But also, uh, AD, uh, you know, you know who AD is? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know AD. AD AD's the man. Let me yeah. tell you. I mean, he's the greatest. He, he, drops, he drops he drops wisdom on us. <laughs> Every anytime I get a chance, he's actually he's actually here with us this week. Oh, but that's yeah, fantastic. anytime anytime I get a chance to talk to him, it's like, I mean, he he just makes you feel so much better and so much more confident. When you think about the rest of the season, what do you want to accomplish? What are your goals? I want to get to the playoffs mm. for sure. I, I know we we've got the team to do it. Um. Yeah, I want. I want to get to the playoffs. Uh, I don't really have any other goals besides that, honestly. I know Mariner fans have heard your name. I don't think many have seen you play. So, for those who have never seen you play, how would you describe yourself to someone that's never watched you? I'm a beast. Uh, I don't know how else to put it, but like I, I feel like I do. I do. I got a little bit of everything. I'm well-rounded player. I hit. Hit the ball far, hit the ball hard, and I, I play with a lot of passion. 
Do you have a favorite moment yeah. on the field so far this year? I say when I I went I in the Inland Empire probably like a month ago now. I, I went four for five, and I hit two triples and a bomb. And that was like that was the first time I ever got I ever got four hits in like like my whole career. Like travel ball, high school, everything. So that was really like a, a an eye opening experience for me. I was like, dang, like I I'm like pretty good. I can really do this, you know. So that was, that was definitely my favorite. Dude, that's just not four hits. A homer and two triples? <laughs> yeah, that was a good day. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a good day. Man, that's incredible. Hey, congratulations. I, I, it's been fun to watch you from afar. It's uh, We'll continue to watch. And thanks for checking in with us. I know we'll catch up down the road as well. But thanks for taking the course, time today. Yeah. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Very fun to hear from Harry Ford. And now we're going to talk with Brandon Gustafson. You can follow him. Great follow on Twitter, the B Gustafson. Also, SeattleSports.com. You can see his work there. He and Brent Stecker do a great job. They follow the team as closely as anyone. Their work is fantastic. And I can't recommend it higher. So here is our conversation, which happened right on the heels of that magnificent game against the Yankees a couple days ago. So full disclosure, as we sit here today, this is before, we're recording this before the final game of the Yankees series, so we don't know the result of the Yankees series, but we are kind of basking in the glow of, I can say for me, one of the most incredible games I've ever seen, <laughs> one of the best games I've ever seen. Uh, Brandon, how do you think about last night? What do you think of last night? It was incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that you're getting, what was it, four extra innings with the runner on second, with the ghost runner, didn't have a hit until the the 13th to 12th inning in, in, in extras. It's just unbelievable. I, I One of the things that stood out is obviously you look at it from a Mariners perspective. It's one of the best pitch games you're ever going to see. The Yankees matched them for 12, 13 mm-hmm. innings too. You're, you're never going to see that, especially, like I said, when you have that runner on second base starting every inning. Uh, there were so many things the last night, so many parts to pick apart. And one of them, I was just overwhelmed by the pure stuff we saw on both sides. <laughs> and, for example... 202 pitches last night, 95-plus between yeah. the two teams, which is ridiculous. Took Seawald coming in for it to, yeah. to get a fastball under 95, and then even he hit 95 to, to end that inning. is unbelievable. It really is. And then we're not even talking about the changes and the sliders and everything else, but just the, the stuff just was dripping of filth that whole game. But uh, you could not have asked for a better start to the tenure for Luis Castillo. Oh, unbelievable, especially when you consider this is a Yankees team that's not only been the best team in baseball in the American League for really the entire season. Stellar lineup, obviously Aaron Judge as well on his way to to an MVP award. But this is the third time he's seen them in four starts, <laughs> seen them back-to-back outings in his first two starts as a Mariner. And he's everything that you wanted from an ace. I mean, Mariners fans have to be just over the moon excited seeing this guy go out there eight eight scoreless innings I mean and one of the things that stood out to me Gary was any other pitcher really in baseball most pitchers in baseball they would have gotten the plug pulled on them in that eighth inning mm. over 100 pitches the the little bleeder hit from Andujar and then even if they stay in there then there's the walk <laughs> most guys don't don't get that benefit of the doubt and Luis Castillo got that from Scott Service in his second start in a Mariners uniform I thought that was really really cool to see yeah that that does make a big statement deadline's over now we're yeah. into August 
We've been talking about the first 20 games out of the gates. It's rough. For 13 sure. against the Astros, 13 against the Yankees, and then the schedule gets softer. How are you thinking about things in a general sense at this stage right now? Yeah, I mean, they, they've got to be feeling pretty good, uh, especially, I mean, we, we don't know what today's going to look like, but at worst, they're splitting the, se the season series with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. that, that's got to be feeling pretty good, and I think they only have – 15, 14 games left against teams currently with a 500 or better record. That's a that's a pretty good place to sit. Uh, Cleveland just overtook Minnesota in the in the AL Central race, but you got seven against them. That could be very very big for both of those teams in terms of the uh, in terms of the playoff picture. So after you get through this Yankee series, that's definitely going to be the next one the Mariners fans need to circle. You mentioned Cleveland and Minnesota. How are you thinking about the landscape surrounding the Mariners? They, they've got again they've got to be feeling pretty good about it uh yeah, not not a ton of uh games remaining against those kind of caliber uh -huh. teams uh, i mean the white Sox are kind of hit and miss i think they're definitely a disappointment this year yeah. a lot of people expected them to be a lot better than they are right now uh but you got a lot of games left against texas and oakland and while the mariners have had their struggles against against los angeles and, and houston they've been doing really well against those two teams in particular so that that last half month of the season it's looking looking pretty for for the mariners for sure if the Mariners are going to push their way into the playoffs, what do you think has to happen? What do you think is the key for this group? I think that the way that Jerry DePoto and, and the front office kind of structured this team at the deadline, they didn't go out and get the big bat. They went out and got Jake Lamb as kind of a complimentary piece, left-handed hitter, but they went out and they got the big front-time ace. This is a team that just really all season long been pitching in defense. It's been a, a very good starting rotation, and it's been a stellar bullpen. That's, a, that's the reason that they won that game last night, 13 innings. So again, that's one of the best pitching performances you're going to see top to bottom. So I think that this is a team that's structured to, to just head into the, the last month plus of the season, just, just right in the back of that bullpen and that starting rotation. And as we've seen just day in and day out, they can certainly do that. Yeah. <laughs> They're really well set up to do that. The formula is to shut out teams for 13 innings. <laughs> hey, if you a... can, it, hey, if it takes 13 and you <laughs> can get 13 shut out, hey, you'll take that. What's your favorite storyline heading down the stretch? Like, what what are you interested in? I'm interested to see how they handle the rotation because, mm. as, as we've heard, Jerry Depoto said they don't want to go with the six-man rotation. They're kind of doing that just with the way the schedule worked out with that doubleheader, how you handle George Kirby's workload when, really, these, these first three starts out of the gate since they called him back up, he's been nails. Yeah. He's been fantastic. And, you know, you have to worry a little bit about maybe Logan Gilbert's workload. He's, he's I think, three innings away from exceeding his 2019 innings workload from uh, when he was in the minors still. So how they handle that. And uh, I know DePoto's talked about a piggyback option for George Kirby, who he pairs with in that situation, I think is going to be really interesting to see, especially if all these guys are able to stay healthy, which that's pretty miraculous that you've had a starting rotation that has been as healthy as this team has had. The parallels are interesting because the Mariners aren't the only ones dealing with the inning situation, especially yeah, sure. with the pandemic season two years ago. And I, you know, Manoa for the Blue Jays is yeah, a great example. Exactly. He's been the head of the rotation. <laughs> He's been their guy, but they have like the same, uh, he, you know, the innings thing is so tricky, but the pandemic year really just made this so difficult. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't think people realize, I mean, guys are getting their innings watched even without a full season yeah. of no minor league baseball, they're watching. They're watching that like a hawk. And then you have somebody like George Kirby who pitched 67 innings in 2019, mm -hmm. was only in the alt site, 
in, in 2020 and then pitched a, a few innings last year between uh, single A and double A. So it's a, and there's not really a right way to do it because some guys, as we've kind of seen with George so far, they can handle that. But, but some guys just, you don't know until it's too late. So it's definitely better to be safe than sorry. And obviously the Mariners are well equipped to, to do something this year, but they're really well equipped to do something next year. And George Kirby figures to be a big part of that. That is really exciting yeah. because, you know, Castillo, Ray, one step further innings-wise with Gilbert and Kirby, assume Marco flexing in the mix as well. I mean, that is a great place to start with the rotation heading into a season. Yeah, it feels really good to, <laughs> to know that you are in very good shape with your rotation and kind of lets you – frame this offseason just hoping to add some impact bats you know that's yeah. something that we talked about obviously a lot last offseason uh, before the lockout occurred and then we talked about it at the deadline but uh, when, when your starting rotation is in just as good of a spot as that is and they still do have some some good talent in the wings in the minor leagues Emerson Hancock in particular and we've seen Matt Brash as the reliever but there's always the possibility he goes and tries to become a starter again too Really, really great pitching depth for this organization and going out and getting a guy like Luis Castillo to kind of not just help the rotation, but help the bullpen. And that workload is, is really incredible, too. Yeah, that's a good point. You always do great work on the site. Tell us what's there, where to find it. Yeah, seattlesports.com. Uh, Brent Stecker and I hold it down every day. Nice. Uh, after this game, I'll have some takeaways, a little column post, and kind of looking ahead to this upcoming series in Texas. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just kind of... I know I'm personally basking in what we saw yesterday from a pitching perspective. I'm sure we're going to be talking about a lot about that with about Luis Castillo. And I just brought him up a second ago, Matt Brash. I mean, going two two scoreless innings against the Yankees while inheriting a runner on second base and making one of the better plays from a defensive standpoint from a pitcher that you're going to see. I think we are going to be seeing a lot of that on our website in these next few days. Glad you mentioned the road trip because it's an interesting one. Nine yeah. games, yeah. three Texas, three Angels, three Oakland. What are your expectations for the Mariners in those nine games? I think they can win six, and I think they yeah. should win six, especially Oakland, as we've seen just since the start of this offseason. They're, they're as true of a seller as you've seen, really, aside from maybe Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's a team that you need to beat up on. You've done a really good job this year of playing Texas, and a lot of those games have been close. You've had yeah. to kind of scratch and claw for those, but they've had Texas's number, and for whatever reason, it just kind of hasn't turned the other way as far as the Angels, even though they've been scuffling. So I think they have every they, they have the ability to go out and take two from every single one of those teams, and I think that that's absolutely the expectation for this team at this point. That's how I've been looking at it. Asking for sweeps in baseball – it's tough. It's tough. No matter who you're playing, I mean, you, they're all major leagues. Yeah, you run into a hot starter or something like that, and, uh, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, but when I think about those series and throw Detroit in there and some of the other Kansas City, some of the other teams playing down the stretch, I think it is reasonable to expect, hey, take the series, take Absolutely. the series. And if they do that the rest of the way with that schedule, they should be in good shape. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're going out and you're winning three out of every four series or something along those lines, you're going to be sitting pretty and uh, – I know that they would love to get that that top wild card spot and have three home playoff games, home playoff, not just playoff games for the first time since 2001, but actually hosting three playoff games in your ballpark with Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray and potentially Logan Gilbert or one of those other guys anchoring that third game potentially. That's a that's a pretty good place to be. You know, you point that out, and that's something that uh, I don't know is widely known with the new format. Like yeah. I, I'm not sure all fans quite realize that it's that's funky. the case. It, it, it is different. Like the first. Wild card spot actually really matters Absolutely. because of what you just pointed out. It's not like you get a home game if you're no. the second. You are going to 
wherever the first spot is. So, yeah. yeah. If, if you're assuming that, that Toronto is kind of going to be one of the, the top two wildcard teams, which it really looks like, I mean, the difference between hosting three games here at your ballpark yes. versus going up to Toronto, hitter-friendly ballpark, that's a dangerous lineup, and obviously a raucous crowd with the with an entire country behind them. Yep. I mean, that's, a, that's not a great place to be. <laughs> but thankfully, I mean, if the Mariners do end up going there, they like we've talked about, they have the rotation to go out there and shut down really any team in baseball. It's a massive difference. And, and then you get to the uh, <laughs> the mind games of, hey, would you rather go to Toronto for three <laughs> or would you rather get the third wild go card? To Minnesota go to Minnesota or Minnesota Cleveland. Or Cleveland <laughs> for three. You know, it's, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird because the, it, it, the way that it is structured, the, the, at least this year, it does seem like that second wild card spot is definitely not the place that you want to be. And uh, you, you wouldn't think that would be the case because the third wild card spot, you have those teams kind of nipping at your heels. But uh, definitely with the way that it's all structured right now and just with, with how good Houston and New York look compared to the AL Central, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean even, even Toronto, I mean, I, I think that you make a strong case Toronto or Seattle are the third best team in the American League right now versus those American League Central teams. Which is why that's reversed too as well. Like if you're the Blue Jays, you're not excited to come to Seattle. No, no and way. And face Castillo in a game one, <laughs> theoretically, Ray in a game two, yeah. and then, and then and you Gilbert. Just em yeah, empty the guns. George Kirby, I mean, potentially yeah. that, that multi-inning I mean, reliever if you shorten your rotation. And for you know the, the crowd here is going to be ridiculous. Oh, so, gonna, yeah, it works It works reverse, too, in that way. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I, if, if, it did, if it does happen where Seattle's that first wild card team and Toronto's too, I'm going to be really interested to see how many Toronto fans are actually able to get tickets to that's, those games. See, that's the <laughs> right? trick. Because that's the, the – I mean, Toronto fans travel very well, but just with Seattle, the how close they are to the border, it's a little different than some of these other teams and potentially where Toronto could go. So that's just another element to it too. I mean, how many Toronto fans would even be able to, to get tickets to yeah. those three games would be pretty interesting to see. I'd be a great series. No kidding. Uh, if, if you had to predict right now, which three do you think – are in. I think I think Seattle and Toronto definitely I think Seattle and Toronto are the best two teams of those wild card yeah. teams this year. And it's it's really hard to not root against but to pick against Tampa Bay. Just I know. it just seems like every year it's just unsung heroes but just a lot of injuries. I know the rotation hasn't been quite as uh, consistent, just injury-wise, as, as as years past. A few guys are hurt. Uh, obviously, Shane McClanahan's been incredible for yeah. them this year, and you don't want to run into that guy in a in a wild card game. But it's uh, it, it is fun to see that Baltimore. I mean, what Baltimore is doing over there, especially after they they traded off two of their best players, Trey Mancini and and Lopez, out of the bullpen. I mean, what they've been able to do since that deadline is pretty incredible too. And Seem, I, I feel like Baltimore is going to come up a little short of Tampa Bay, but I feel like Baltimore this year is kind of like the Mariners of last year, just that kind of out of nowhere seems like they're maybe a year ahead of schedule type team, just with a lot of fun young talent. And uh, I feel like they're going to make the AL East really interesting next year potentially. Well, that would stink for Baltimore if they fell short. Only if they had a big bat in the middle of the order. That <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and that, that Mancini guy <laughs> in, in Houston seems to be doing pretty well the last week or so. No, your point on Tampa, if they could find a little health down the stretch. I mean, the other day, their pitching coach got hurt <laughs> going to the mound. And Can't he, make this stuff yeah, up, Yeah, he man. popped his calf and couldn't go to the mound the rest of the ballgame. So, yeah, that's where they're at right now. But if they do, like if Franco comes back, get some more – yeah, they'd be super yeah, dangerous. I mean, down if, the if if they get into that third wild card spot and they're facing Cleveland or Minnesota or whoever it is, 
Would not shock Having me one no bit. Would not shock me one bit if they take two, the first two or two of the three, and end up in New York or Houston. Wouldn't surprise me one bit, just with the way that that team is structured, and they're just, you know, the way they handle their pitching staff. They're just kind of made for playoff baseball. The yeah. way Kevin Cash manages games, he just manages every game kind of like it's a playoff game. Well, and the McClanahan factors you point out, and this is what the Mariners have going for them too, in my opinion, because Castillo is that type of guy Absolutely. and you're talking about a three-game series you can roll that dude out in game one and yeah. get a win in game one hey <laughs> i mean you're in you're in great shape it, it just everything becomes so intense in a three-game series yeah i mean and, and you saw firsthand last night what luis castillo can do in a playoff type environment i mean eight scoreless innings against against the bronx bombers <laughs> yes yeah. i mean yeah you can talk about stanton and rizzo being out that's still a dangerous lineup and he held aaron judge in check he held dj lemayhew in check i mean he was absolutely nails from from the word go and mm -hmm. and we've seen that from you know both of his starts really i thought he was he was not quite as sharp in that first game but it's hard to be more sharp than he, than he was on tuesday night so yeah if you're rolling that guy out in game one or game two with robbie ray as the other one i mean <laughs> you're talking about maybe the best pitcher in baseball since the month of May started because people forget he missed all of April, Luis Castillo did. Yeah. Talking about pairing him with the reigning Cy Young Award winner who, outside of these two starts against Houston, has been absolutely dominant, really, for his last eight, nine, ten starts. Like, yeah, it's not a fun place to be if you're in a posting lineup, that's for sure. No doubt. This is fun. We'll do it again. Yeah, Thanks. you bet. Thanks, Gary.